Hello and welcome. This is the IEEE Software Podcast Podcast. Today we have an interview with Professor Cecilia Leske. I really enjoyed this episode with her. Professor Cecilia is one of the famous researchers in the field. In this episode, we spoke about different spectrum of topics, starting from her research, philosophy, and also many, many topics. I hope you find it very useful for you as well. This is Marwa Eldwini, and I would love to hear from you, your feedback, thoughts, and suggestions. You can simply connect with me on Twitter on Marwa Eldwini, M-A-R-W-A-E-L-D-I-W-I-N-Y. You can listen to the episode on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Thanks so much, and there's my interview. Hello, and welcome to IEEE Software Box Podcaster. Uh, could you please introduce yourself? My name is uh, Cecilia Laske. I'm a roboticist. Uh, I am a professor at the Biorobotics Institute of Scuola Superiore Sant'Anna, which is a public university in Pisa in Italy. Mm-hmm. So we know that you are a famous researcher in soft robotics. And I would like to ask you first, what is the most fascinating uh, soft creature uh, that resonates your curiosity? and research? Well, this is a very easy question for me because I started research in this field by studying a very special animal, which is the common octopus, octopus vulgaris. So that's a fantastic animal uh, and a fantastic ideal model for soft robotics because it's a a completely soft animal, but uh, quite smart and with a lot of uh, dexterity and motor capabilities that are interesting for robotics. Us in, in more details what is kind of research you're doing um, in soft robotics. Uh, I, I started with the with the octopus and it was a completely open uh, research field. Mm-hmm. So there were so many different uh, problems from the scientific and, and technological point of view. So we had to start uh, understanding the biology first, understanding the principles for underwater um, leg locomotion, for uh, swimming by uh, jet, for grasping and manipulation underwater, and uh, um, simply how to move an arm which uh, doesn't have any any skeleton. So. Uh, the research topics were so many, especially focused on the technologies in the beginning. But uh, we also uh, built a prototype quite soon. And uh, um, actually, uh, still today, uh, one of the main objectives of my research is to build complete systems mm-hmm. out of software robotics technologies. So we can address also few applications. Mm-hmm. So if I ask about the definition of soft robotics, how you define it's completely soft or must be soft and rigid? Because I think this point is uh, still not well defined maybe. Um, how is soft robotics from your perspective and research should be? Yeah, that's a very good question because uh, this is a sort of misunderstanding that soft robotics equals uh, robots that are completely soft with no rigid parts. Uh, soft robotics is about understanding the role of soft tissues in animals mm-hmm. and um, correspondingly 
the role of soft materials in robots. Mm -hmm. So it's not just uh, making robots softer because we want them safer or things like that, but it's understanding why if some parts of the robots are soft or compliant or elastic, they can help controlling the robot movement. Mm -hmm. So I would like to back in, in time why you choose to work soft robotics. It was easy at the beginning to go to this field uh, and how you become interested in, in this domain. I define myself as a, a roboticist, so my research before the Octopus project was about, uh, let's say, more traditional robots like uh, humanoid robots that are used in my lab to uh, implement brain models. Mm -hmm. So my research was more focused on brain models, on uh, a mechanism for sensory motor coordination in, uh, in the robots. Um, and uh, I, so if you want, it was more on the brain, on the intelligence of the robot. But then if you can implement some brain mechanism on, on the robot that is uh, then completely different from a human being mm. on the body where you realize that the body itself needs to be changed a bit. So I found myself in, in, in my research this... Uh, how can I say, a completely uh, separated fields of uh, how to uh, build the intelligence, how to control the robot, and how to build the body, um, how to make a, a, a robot move. And there was, a, the, uh, there was the need for a sort of translation from the motor commands coming from the brain and uh, the movements that the robot could do. Mm. So I realized that the body should be uh, rethought a bit. Oh. We should reconsider the way we build the robots. Mm -hmm. So when you choose this decision, it was easy for you to switch from different uh, research subjects? It was easy at the beginning? or Not at all, mm -hmm. Not at all because uh, my background is in, in, in a quite different field. I'm a computer scientist mm -hmm. with a PhD in robotics. Uh, so not really expert in material science and uh, even in, in, in robot design. So uh, it, it was a, a bit difficult, but so interesting mm -hmm. uh, because it started from biology. And in this sense, maybe uh, the fact that I was not so expert in um, robot design, if you want, in robot mechanics, uh, was even helpful because uh, um, I didn't have any, you know, strong uh, links and constraints uh, with the uh, existing technologies and current technologies. Well, so my, my mind was open to consider any possible uh, technology, any possible material. Mm -hmm. So I would like to ask you for research about using uh, Inspired by Octopus and different application you can you, we can use it. But what is really the challenges that you really face right now? There is a challenges in, in this project? They are aware, of course, especially in the materials, actuators, uh, sensors, uh, even control, of course. And um, I must say that uh, since then, 
a lot of effort has been paid by the soft robotics community to this same uh, very basic problems, uh, uh, which may, we may call the enabling technologies. So mm -hmm. the actuators, first of all, the material sensors, uh, a bit less. So they are, uh, for sure, the first problems that we had to, 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 to face, the, the biggest challenges at all. But now the soft robotics community found uh, uh, quite nice uh, solutions we have. Uh, uh, in, in this uh, a few years, it's a bit more than 10 years that mm. soft robotics is an active field of research. And we, we already have a quite uh, a good body of knowledge in, in, in soft robotics uh, technologies. So I think the current challenges are more on the control side, mm -hmm. but also on how to design soft robots uh, in a more structured way mm -hmm. and in a way that can take advantage of the role of soft materials in simplifying their behavior. Mm -hmm. So um, through your journey in soft robotics is now more than educating in the field. What are the most misconceptions you already saw uh, in the field, misconception about soft robotics? Or what really concerning you, um, something concerning you about soft robotics? I think that a, a big misunderstanding is to consider uh, soft robotics as a field where you have to demonstrate that you use soft materials to build robots. Uh, mm. This is uh, not uh, not the case. Um, as a standard, um, soft robotics is uh, showing that we understand uh, the role of soft materials. We understand how they can simplify the control of robots and how they can simplify and improve their behavior. Um, soft robotics is demonstrated that with soft materials mm -hmm. we can achieve more abilities in our robots, abilities that were not possible before. And of course, if uh, soft materials are mixed with uh, more rigid ones or more traditional solutions, that's perfectly fine. If we demonstrate that our robots are a better uh, to some respect, for example, in their movements or in their behavior or in their abilities. Mm -hmm. So this is a very interesting point because I would like to ask you, uh, you are more interested about development, development of smart materials for actuation and sensing or investing a lot of control algorithm that can uh, control better uh, material like silicon polymers, uh, silicon, sorry, rubbers. So which strategy do you think in, in, in overall the community have to be focused in, whether in this side or other direction? I think that uh, um, control is very interesting and a bit underestimated in our community. So. Mm -hmm. Our community is very much focused on the soft robotics technologies. Why um, soft robot control is very interesting from a scientific point of view. Mm -hmm. uh, there are many challenges, and in the end, very helpful if we want to reach um, uh, real soft robots. I mean, integrated systems that we can put at work in some applications. Uh, this is the big challenge now for soft robotics. It's a Young discipline, so it is very normal that we start with the basic challenges like the enabling technologies, 
but then the evolution of the field should be towards um, real systems that can be applied in real world. So mm. uh, addressing some possible applications for our technologies. Mm -hmm. So do you think this point about speaking different language because soft robotics is diverse, do you think we still have an, a drawback in understanding different uh, research subjects like material science, control aspects? How we can overcome this? This is challenging. Do you think still there's still a problem in this uh, in this regard? Uh, yes, uh, soft robot is really interdisciplinary, and uh, this is probably still one of the challenges, not just for the language, uh, and the, the you know the collaboration between different scientists, but also because uh, uh, you have to take into account the different perspectives at the same time. Mm. So you ask me. Um, robot control is more important than materials and body wear, but actually uh, the, the, the really difficult thing is that we should consider everything at the same time. Uh, in terms of uh, the um, interdisciplinarity of the community, I think we did quite a good job because the soft robotics community today includes different uh, uh, disciplines, different scientists from different areas, and we already learned um, how to uh, interact and how to collaborate. Um, this is something that uh, has been done in, uh, in, I say, the soft robotics community, that means the uh, IEEE RASTC and soft robotics, mm -hmm. as well as the conference, Robosoft, and uh, uh, I mean, and, and some journals that published uh, these results. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now, what is the most interesting project you are working on robotics? Something is really fascinating for you. You have been working on. Um, this moment, I'm excited to um, to address some applications. So. Um, mm. In my group, we developed some uh, integrated systems for biomedical applications in assistance to, to people in surgery, uh, also as, uh, as artificial organs. Mm -hmm. And we also have some nice applications at sea uh, that are also very interesting because we provide solutions that are not possible with traditional rigid robots. Mm -hmm. Uh, but of course, I'm still interested in some basic research, mm -hmm. and I am I'm, I'm involved in two new projects. Uh, I'm not the leader, but I have a part on those projects concerning uh, the control of the robot and the intelligence of the robot, and they are projects that are uh, also interdisciplinary in nature and bio-inspired. One of them is about uh, um, taking inspiration from climbing plants, mm -hmm. and the other one is about taking inspiration from uh, the elephant trunk. Mm -hmm. So we need to do some, yeah, some basic research to find new principles and develop new technologies, and and, and we restart the cycle uh, up to addressing applications in the end. Yeah. So you mentioned about application in, in surgery. So I would like to ask if, do you think we have to come up with regulation to, for using soft robotics to make sure it is biocompatible 
and safe for, for human use? Is this something we have to consider about regulation? Yes, of course. So this is a big uh, issue in robotics in general, actually. Uh, maybe soft robotics is a bit easier to, to manage, but uh, the issue is about uh, um, defining the regulations that we need to uh, really use robots in our daily life, in our homes, in our hospitals, in our cities, and uh, especially if you think of uh, autonomous robots. Mm -hmm. So at present, there are not, not uh, um, suitable regulations, but um, a lot has been done um, in research, of course, in some research projects, but it is uh, uh, starting to become something real that, for example, the European Parliament could discuss and uh, hopefully can become real regulations, real laws in mm. quite a short time. Yeah. So I would like to ask you about what is the most interesting project have been done so far in self-robotics community? Something really resonates you and you think it's really interesting to be highlighted? Uh, yes, I'm excited to see uh, robots that can do something that was not possible before. And uh, I, I really dream of robots that can be more lifelike. So mm. I like uh, um, those abilities that some of our colleagues could develop that are very similar to living beings in terms of being uh, sort of autonomous in the real world. Mm. Uh, so what I dream of are uh, robots that can somehow be born and grow and uh, find their energy and biodegrade at the end and self-heal. So mm. um, at the moment, I saw some very, very exciting words uh, in the world about the self-healing yeah. materials used in soft robotics or uh, technologies for making robots grow. By, by adding new materials, mm. um, I see some very interesting devices for finding energy in the environment, uh, like uh, with yeah. bacteria. So um, all these kind of uh, of novelties. Uh, there are some new uh, and original ways of uh, powering mm -hmm. soft robots and making them autonomous. So. I think all these kind of achievements are really exciting and they can only happen in in the field of soft robotics. Yeah, it's very interesting, uh, self-healing, especially activators. So you can foresee uh, in how many years we can have this uh, still basic research in self-healing in, in our community. Uh, what do you think um, we can use it for, like self-healing activators uh, or grow, growing uh, uh, robots? how you can foresee their future in, in our life, this development? Uh, I, I, I think that they could help in many, in many different respects, and especially they uh, could be a sort of technology that is better integrated in the environment. Mm. So now technology is completely different from the natural environment, and uh, it needs energy and uh, it um, it is a problem when um, when when it is at the end of its life. 
Um, so I think that soft robotics can help build the uh, kind of devices that are better integrated. And uh, in this way, mm -hmm. I think they uh, could be deployed in, in the environment also, and they could even help preserve the environment, preserve our, our planet resources uh, instead of just uh, consuming <laughs> yeah. the resources. So we can think of uh, uh, robots deployed at sea in the oceans to monitor, to, to how to preserve in the oceans or even in, uh, in other natural environments if they are autonomous energetically if they can grow and learn, if they mm. can biodegrade at the end of their life, we can really deploy them safely. Yeah, that's very nice also. Actually, I, this is point also about uh, like like softer skin and how we can replicate something similar to human sensing capabilities. So, but but you think in recently some companies like Rumba, Vacuum uh, Cleaner, they invest more in rigid elements. So I don't know if in that side, do you think that this is like, uh, it is so complex to come with something similar to the human being sensing capabilities, soft, like softer skin. Um, how do you see that? Is it complex to have something in the, in the future, like similar and uh, as human skin, to touch in and, and perceive the surrounding? Oh, well, this example is one of the uh, most difficult, maybe, because yeah. of the sense of touch in human beings and the human skin is a very complex organ because it is a distributed organ mm. with uh, very small uh, receptors. So, um, again, maybe uh, I, uh, soft robotics can help because we can change uh, the usual approach of trying so far um, thinking of, of skins artificial skins was uh, thinking of sensors that can miniaturize as much as possible and built in as, as large as, uh, as possible number but still inadequate to the, uh, the small size and the huge number of uh, human receptors. So uh, again, with a different approach with soft robotics technologies, maybe we can think of having a distributed sort of, uh, of sensing and perception mm -hmm. along uh, all over a, a soft material. Mm -hmm. So. I yeah, mean, this is not my field of research, but I saw that there are some mm. nice uh, works in this field, and uh, can be a change of paradigm that can be can bring um, results. Yeah, so uh, in in your research, how you can foresee uh, soft robotics after like five or a couple of years coming? You have something in your mind to imagine how you would like to achieve soft robotics something in, in your imagination, in your, in your research you wanted to achieve in, in the coming years for soft robotics? Uh, as I said, I like this idea of uh, robots that have their own um, life cycle mm -hmm. and that can really integrate smoothly with the natural environment. Mm. Uh, this is my, my dream, or my imagination uh, brings to me. So robots that are autonomous mm. because they are 
uh, simpler to control and they can find their energy and they can somehow survive and do um, healthy uh, tasks for us. If there are examples of something that can dissolve the nature, because it's really a mind-blowing idea that's dissolved in the nature. And what kind of examples in your mind about this robots of water? Uh, for example, uh, we, we, we work on some marine applications, and mm. that, that's uh, um, a fantastic uh, uh, opportunity to really uh, deploy uh, a large number of robots that are autonomous mm -hmm. and, and can get data from the environment uh, to help preserve the ocean. And uh, of course, uh, they, they um, have to be completely uh, biodegradable or somehow uh, reusable, or, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, without uh, having uh, an impact on the environment. So mm. that's a, a challenge, but also from also from the technological point of view, but it is also a very big opportunity for for application for soft robotics. And uh, I see it as a um, very inspiring uh, idea. Mm -hmm. So for the moment, uh, and according to our research of robotics, do you think there's questions have not been answered yet by the community? or we should ask this question to our service and research. Is there a question that we have to ask in the moment for uh, the future of the research of soft robotics? Is there any question haven't been asked yet by the community? Um, well, I don't have a specific question in mind, but I think that the community should uh, better try to develop integrated systems and respond to um, application needs. Mm. That's something that you have to demonstrate. We demonstrated wonderful technologies, but we have to demonstrate that uh, uh, some soft robots can do something that traditional robots cannot. Mm. So may I ask if what is really driving the kind of questions? Because you're a leading researcher in the field, but do you think the community have to be in, 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 in research diverse and having different approaches? Or I don't know how you think about how we can unify our directions to have something realistic uh, applications to the community in, in general. I think it's just a matter of focusing research. Mm. So. Um, as I said, in a, in a very first and pioneering phase of this new discipline, of course, the focus had to be on the enabling technologies. But now uh, we have uh, some nice results that we can try to integrate and uh, put at work in some application, which doesn't mean that we have to forget the basic research we have to continue with basic research on new questions and new challenges, of course, which in a 10-year time frame mm -hmm. will become technologies that we can apply. Yeah. So now I would like to ask you, do you think that soft robotics can find its room in industry? 
so far we have a few companies in soft robotics, but still very basic. Uh, how do you see from your experiences soft robotics in industry? And you are really supporting the idea that we must have something applicable. So what is your perception about uh, soft robotics in industry so far um, in, in our recent time? Yeah, so when I started this field, I thought that uh, a soft robot could, uh, or I mean, soft robotic technologies could help in industry in manipulation tasks mm -hmm. because we can uh, think of uh, uh, adaptable grippers that can help in some of those um, industrial tasks where you need uh, um, to be very adaptable to the shape of objects and uh, you know something that still needs to be to be done by hand and maybe it is done in third world countries in poor working conditions so that was my idea when i started but then i found uh, um, uh, an interest from completely different uh, industrial fields that i couldn't imagine myself but uh, um, once the technologies have been available, uh, uh, I have been uh, contacted mm -hmm. uh, from compa companies to uh, try to provide them solutions mm -hmm. for the industrial tasks. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, some of those uh, um, tasks are inspection tasks, maintenance, uh, but also some other industrial fields that are more related to uh, let's say human beings so the soft robotics technologies can be used uh, for simulating um, part of as a human beings not only the biomedical field mm. of course the biomedical field is also a field of application but not yet an, at an industrial level in my own experience mm -hmm. so i would like to ask you yeah i, I got yeah. What I wanted to say is that uh, uh, sometimes it is difficult for us researchers uh, yeah. to think of uh, what the industrial interest can be, mm. but once the technologies are ready and we can demonstrate that they work well and they are effective, then uh, it's the industry itself that, uh, that uh, I mean, can express their needs. To, mm. to the researchers and try to use the new technologies. And that's a very good point because I, that is a question about because there are some students already graduate in soft robotics and they want to start their own startup in soft robotics. And the question here, how you can make sure this technology could be successful? Because in, in robotics general, in general, some companies just uh, step back because you don't, they have, you don't have the right technology for the needs of uh, the customer. So that's that's if you have advice in this regard, because it is sometimes you can come up with complex solution, but it is not helping the community as applicable uh, product and uh, long run. So, do you have any advice in this regard, if a research graduate student or interested to start up a, uh, in a soft robotics field? Do you think it's easy in the in the recent time? Mm. Well, I don't think it is easy for uh, a soft robotics company, but uh, the same as for other companies in, in robotics or other fields. I mean, um, 
if you have a, a new technology, um, it's difficult that you can also imagine the way it can be applied with success. Mm. It's a different uh, view. Mm. So uh, the problem is to match and to, to, to have the meeting between the technology that is offered mm-hmm. and the needs from, uh, from the industry, from the market. Mm. So one, an important point for young graduates in soft robotics or I mean others that want to do a company in this field is to have a clear, clear perception of the market and market needs. Mm. Uh, and that, that's the most difficult thing, not only for soft robotics, but for, for other fields as well. Uh, the market sometimes can even provide uh, interesting challenges from the research point of view. So this is something that could be done already during the PhD, for example. Hmm. Because there are uh, research contents sometimes uh, in what uh, uh, the market or what an industry can ask to, to researchers. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it's very difficult to give advices on what kind of soft robot one should build in order to, to find a market. Yeah. Uh, we, we should start from the market, not from the technology. Yeah, that's a good point. So I would like to ask you now, because you're interested, you highlighted at the beginning that we have to focus on controller of soft robotics, which is really maybe downtrust by other researchers, but it's interesting to be highlighted. Do you think that we have to combine AI and soft robotics? Because now AI is really important in, in most of our daily life um, activities. We can have the, in this integration. So for you, how you see this integration between AI and soft robotics? Do you think it is... Because in some other interviews, some researchers highlight AI is not everything to control for soft robotics. From your philosophy, mm-hmm. do you think that AI has have to be play a role in soft robotics as well? How you see this this integration is going to be? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, this is a big question, <laughs> very good question. Uh, actually, uh, I mean, robotics is about AI. And uh, of course, because uh, we roboticists always try to put some intelligence in our robots, and our kind of AI is, uh, is um, as I said, about intelligence of, of the machine, of our, mm-hmm. of our machine, of our robots. Uh, today, AI developed uh, a lot, uh, also a bit beyond this. So it's not uh, uh, like giving a brain to a robot, but it's uh, building um, uh, systems that can process a huge amount of data mm-hmm. uh, in a way that is uh, somehow intelligent to extract some features and uh, give us uh, uh, some information about uh, this huge amount of data. So robotics is a bit different probably robotics can take advantage of uh, this progress in uh, this kind of AI. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, the physical body can also be an important part of artificial intelligence. So um, AI otherwise is uh, 
only inside a computer, but uh, with robotics, it can become something physical that can help in physical tasks. Um, and this is uh, uh, this holds for for soft robotics, of course. Um, so yes, we can probably take advantage of some de of the techniques that have been developed in AI, mm. uh, even uh, in those AI that uh, doesn't have a body. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, we can provide bodies to uh, these AI systems. Mm -hmm. so that they can not only process data but use those data to do something in the world in the physical uh, world mm. that's interesting also so but i think if we use ai for smart materials development it's to be complex right do you agree in this to have a lot of data set yeah. since we yeah, don't understand yeah. the material yeah yeah that's true so I would like to go now for how we can make soft robotics really interesting for public because I don't know how, how you perceive the community because if you have the normal people that uh, not inter in the field of academia, do you think that they are interested or aware of soft robotics uh, that could be a potential solution? Do you think it is already gaining uh, the right uh, like uh, to know about soft robotics? Do you think it's gaining a lot of uh, interesting or for the community as, and in general? Well, I think that uh, uh, when, when it is known, soft robotics uh, receives interest, I think, because it gives a completely new idea and a new image of robots. And uh, that's um, a nicer image of robots, if you want, because uh, um, soft robots uh, uh, look, look more um, uh, friendly, probably, mm -hmm. safer, or uh, more prone to be integrated in our society. Mm -hmm. So they're not as scary as a huge industrial robot. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, uh, the, in my opinion, the most important thing is that uh, even if the soft robots that people can see now are quite simple, they allow to dream of new robots. They mm. really inspire the, the imagination of people uh, towards a completely different robots, a completely different idea of this sort of, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, lifelike <laughs> machines. Yeah. So I would like to ask you, are you just think about there could be singularity for if we have uh, you mentioned uh, like we have a body and we are eye do you think we can reach singularity because some people like apprehensive that robots can be more smarter than human being or in any different examples do, do you think that from your experience and imagination that we can reach some point that singularity in soft robotics and and can be used in in, in a bad way not a good way do, do you think this is something comes to your mind or something could be far away to happen? No, I, I it's quite it's quite far away and it is not even something that we are aiming at. Mm. So in general, I think that there are things that machines do much better than human beings. Our brain is not uh, good at processing uh, data, at calculations, at uh, uh, statistics. And this is something that machines can do very well. 
and it is very helpful if they do that for us. Mm-hmm. And there are other things that for human beings are quite easy because they developed in our brains millions of years ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> before we, we existed, but they are very difficult for machines. And this is everything related to creativity, to emotion, to empathy. Uh, so, and again, it, this is very difficult to reproduce in machines, and it's not mm. even an, an objective for researchers. So, mm. I don't think that we will ever reach uh, such a, such a, uh, a point. Actually, for many reasons, you know, not not only for for the difficulties from the technological point of view, but also because it is not a uh, of interest for for researcher for the market in the end. Mm-hmm, right. So now we will go for some uh, philosophy questions. I, I, we're interested to know from you, as you are really a researcher for many years and having a fame in the field, do you think ego is really important for a researcher in the field? If you sometimes maybe in other interview, some researchers said we do something wrong and figure out later that it was not this right approach. But do you think how ego is important in research? Is it important? How how you how you see it in in, in research? Um, you mean um, if we are doing something um, ethically, yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, of course this is very very important to researchers. I think yeah. Uh, but uh, I agree that it is difficult to be uh, said in advance. Mm. Uh, so of course, we don't. Uh, it's a personal decision, but I think that the most researchers don't go for uh, a researcher which is explicitly aimed at uh, I don't know um, killing people or mm. things like that. But uh, in the end, whatever we develop could one day be used in the wrong way. Mm. Um, but of course, it, this is something that we definitely should consider, but I'm sure that all researchers consider. And I don't see uh, ways to stop our research because one day it will be used uh, in, in, in the wrong way. I mean, we don't have means to discover this in advance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would like to uh, ask you about how you really interested become interested uh, when you at a young age to be in the field of engineering, and what has really sparked your interest? I think this could be interesting for many uh, female students starting their journey in uh, research or in the field. So could you please summarize what sparked your interest? Uh, what's make keeps you motivated to do this uh, in your life as a researcher? Uh, yes, my, my story is probably a bit different because uh, I was uh, uh, fascinated by maths, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I came up uh, um, in, uh, in um, a thing, um, computer science master degree. Yeah. Because it was very theoretical, so I, I liked that at that time. But then when uh, it came the time for my master thesis, I... Um, Incidentally, uh, did this uh, thesis in robotics, mm. and that and robotics was quite new to me. 
Mm. So I program a robot, but the robot was a real robot, mm. a physical. So uh, that changed my my life because I saw how the theoretical things that I had studied could become a physical thing in a robot. And that's what really <laughs> inspired mm. me. Yeah. So uh, since then I'm still in the robotics field because uh, it's uh, seeing something uh, theoretical and uh, just mathematical yeah. becoming reality. <laughs> that's really nice. So now you are the leading researcher. Do you think that uh, you are female leading researcher in the fields of robotics? Do you think there is a still gender disparity in the field or in other term? Do you feel sometimes that there is like sexism that all oh, you're female and you're leading many groups? Do you think this still exists or it's not existed anymore? In this your journey? Well, I, I don't think that, uh, that there are many differences in, uh, uh, in the life of a female leader and a male leader. Uh, mm. the, the issue is that there are less female leaders than male mm -hmm. leaders. And uh, data are clear uh, in this, uh, in, in many fields, robotics is one, and of course, soft robotics is also one. Uh, what I can say from my personal perspective is that uh, I'm, I never felt that I was uh, stopped by someone in doing mm. what I wanted to do in my research. And uh, I actually pursued my, my own interests um, what I also see is that uh, in, uh, in, uh, in my field, in my institute, there are uh, quite um, many uh, females. And uh, uh, I may say that uh, just because our institute is a biomedical engineering institute. Mm. So what I see is that in the biomedical field, there are more female. And uh, soft robotics is also uh, related to this. So I see in the soft robotics community mm -hmm. many more female researchers, uh, uh, scientists than in the uh, larger robotics community. Mm. So that's just a personal view of the field. I don't have an explanation for this, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, it's my experience. Yeah. I have female students also. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. So, as you already a B2 supervisor, a student interested to join uh, your research lab, for what is the main qualities you're looking for in your student? Um, something that, if there's something, a skill you have to work on, or just something in the traits, how you balance the selection of the student? Well, the traits are more important than the skills. Okay. <laughs> the skills are something that can be, I mean, uh, improved mm -hmm. uh, or obtained or, or steered a bit. But they need to have the right mindset, mm -hmm. like be, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, curious mm -hmm. and creative and, uh, I mean, uh, open. This is the most important thing, open-minded to go well beyond the boundaries of the discipline that they have studied. So, uh, and uh, I mean, they, they dare to go beyond and to pursue 
uh, objectives that are not strictly in the line of their uh, studies. So this is what I I, I try to find in uh, in the students uh, in our group more than the skills, definitely. Yeah. So may I ask you what is your philosophy as a researcher that keeps you skill excel in 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 the field and also. Is there any advice was given to you when you was young and keeps you successful? Because I think many students stuck in, in the middle of their journey to find their uh, goal or purpose in the in the field, and 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 that's something I think uh, we would like to from you how how you find this the, your call every day that you continue and excel in the field. What is the philosophy you have in your in your life as researcher? Well, probably the, the best uh, lesson I, I learned was not to be afraid of uh, thinking something new, something, um, as I said, um, looking outside of my field. Mm. So that's probably the best advice I had. Don't be stuck on my own field. What I think it's my own field because... Uh, I mean, who says that uh, you <laughs> belong to a field? Yeah. Just with your degree, probably. But uh, I mean, the world is, is very wide, and the, the boundaries of disciplines are completely uh, fake. So it's something that we put there for <laughs> educational purposes. But science doesn't have boundaries, and technologies today. Uh, the same, they don't have boundaries, you need a lot of different expertise. So uh, I think that the best advice I had is to learn what mm -hmm. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. uh, learning always, and still today I have to learn every day new things. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, don't be afraid to go out of the pathway. Yeah. Thank, that's really fascinating. And I would like to ask you if you have final words that you may think it's interesting to soft robotics community who are listening uh, to you. Is something you would like to say in uh, for the community? Uh, well, I, I think that the soft robotics community is a, an extraordinary opportunity for, uh, for uh, new science and new technology. It's really... Uh, today a wonderful community because there is a lot of uh, exchange of ideas, uh, a lot uh, of uh, uh, crazy ideas that become reality and I think we should try to keep this, to mm. keep this uh, um, interest for basic research, for basic challenges, for difficult scientific questions. Mm. Um, and also this uh, open mind that um, goes across the disciplines and uh, uh, put us together to collaborate in, in, uh, in any field, in new fields, actually. Enjoy to talk to you. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and this is the end for the today episode. I wish you really enjoyed it and uh, thanks for your listening and see you later in the coming episode. Thank you.